back to Friend Crush. I'm your host, Amber Akilla. This is my podcast where I talk about stuff and things, cute, chaotic, and critical thinking. I am Amber, <laughs> DJ slash creative consultant. You can follow me on Instagram at Amber Akilla and on Spotify, SoundCloud, if you want to hear DJ mixes by me and TikTok and the main page for this podcast is at friend.crush on Instagram. Happy end of 2021. I'm recording this on the 14th of December, so we still have about about 2 weeks left of the year, which is so crazy because 2020 and 2021 basically blend into one for me. I feel like things that happened Last year in December are about to happen again, but they've already happened. Time is really a flat circle. So I hope everyone's doing okay. Happy holidays. And yeah, I think this episode, I just want to reflect on the last year, things that I've learned. Maybe there's something that I've learned that you can, I don't know, be entertained by or have some kind of takeaway from. I want to thank everybody that's been tuning into the podcast. I really appreciate it. I don't think it will ever not shock me that people listen to what I have to say. Um, and yeah, I guess that's one thing that I learned this year that it is worth just sharing your ideas for the sake of sharing them and then being able to flesh them out and develop your perspective and your opinions. I think my approach is definitely to share my journey with self-discovery, understanding human connection, my own experiences, and seeing how that develops over time. I don't want to be final or I don't want to be conclusive in too many things because I think it's important to have an open mind. And honestly, I feel that it's important that we give people the space to say what's on their mind, even if we don't agree with it, even if it's really problematic and learn how to communicate with people so we can have dialogues and we can help people to develop their perspective so that it's healthy instead of just vilifying people. I mean, it's been really interesting for me being on TikTok where there's such high engagement in comment sections And it's so weird because people think that because I show up on their phone screen that I'm like talking to them directly, but obviously the algorithm pushes content to you and I don't have any control of where it goes, but sometimes people respond like as if I've gone out of my way to get into their house. And I think that it's important to have an open mind when you're watching things, but also just ignore anything that doesn't really resonate with you or you're not ready to hear because I find it so interesting how so many dudes and not all dudes, but anytime this happens, it's mostly dudes saying like, oh, you don't criticize women. You only criticize men. Do you hate men? Or I notice you're so negative towards men. And I find it so funny because it's like, I am criticizing women. I'm telling women that Why do you make the same mistake over and over again, hoping that the other person is going to change and not ask yourself why you stay in situations that make you so unhappy? I am criticizing women because women are often commenting, this was a little too personal. This really said for you, Paige. It's just that women 
happen to be more self-aware in those circumstances than the minority of dudes that come along and say that I'm being a hater. I'm like, well, if you feel like you're being hated on by something that I'm saying to myself in my room, to the air, then maybe that's something that they need to reflect on in private. And also I've had the most fucked up shit said to me in person and I managed to work through that trauma. So why would I give a fuck about what faceless men on the internet say? But I do think it's important to also like address the things that they bring up because it provides a more like holistic image. It paints a fuller picture of where people's mindset is, where the collective consciousness exists and the directions that it goes in I don't expect people to always agree with me it's just about finding common ground at the end of the day so yeah being on TikTok has been really interesting and I'm very grateful for the following that I have amassed in the short amount of time that I was on it or I've been on it considering I put in significantly less aesthetic effort into TikTok than I do Instagram and Instagram I don't even really understand how to use anymore I think 2022 maybe I'll just start shit posting or something who knows yeah it's been really fun to share thoughts and hear feedback from people I really appreciate people that send me messages telling me about their thoughts on certain episodes or topics that they want me to cover or just I don't know feedback in general I think we all learn like me I'm learning as I'm speaking and as I think about what I'm going to say and then I learn from seeing people's response their perspective and then when they ask me questions we both learn as well so I think also I'll I'm also trying to think of ways to create like a more tangible community, but I don't know, newsletter, monthly newsletter maybe, or like a discord or like, I don't know. I'm not very good at mediating, moderating things, but I think it would be cool to have like a more direct line of communication or that kind of option. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. But uh q a podcast maybe people can send in questions and i can just riff <laughs> 2021 what have i learned well i can't even remember what i said in my episode at the end of 2020 but i feel like i definitely built upon what i learned in 2020 and 2021 I feel like 2020, I was sort of realizing things more broadly. And then 2021, I was really going back and able to tie up loose ends from previous experiences, especially with the assistance of my therapist, who I appreciate very much. And sort of just reorganize the foundation (laughs) of myself in a way that would better serve me moving forward so I'm really grateful to have to be able to feel like that because for most of 2020 I was a mess (laughs) like not coping so 2021 we love to see it and hoping 2022 is even better 
in terms of hashtag realizing things, learning things, experiencing things. Who knows? I'm scared to have my hopes up because I feel like 2019 was the year that we felt like 2020. That's the one where we're we're going up and it was quite a fall from grace. So I try to take things one day at a time now. Yay. But grounding exercises like ritual having just practices that I do on a regular basis to keep me feeling centered has been a huge game changer for me I think without the panini and quarantini I wouldn't have had like such a long stretch of time to really implement these sorts of habits into my life and If I could make any recommendation, it would be for people to think about anywhere in their schedule that they can sort of repurpose time that they just find gets lost really easily. Maybe when you're just passively watching Netflix or scrolling on social media, just finding little ways to sort of reclaim your time so that you're not like constantly plugged in. Like I'm still very much online, but I'm so strict about when I go online now because I think it helps me to separate myself from the literal noise that exists on social media and allows me to just sort of have boundaries, like as important as it is to have emotional and physical boundaries in our relationships, it's important to have digital boundaries, I think, between us and technology. Like I don't have my phone in my room in the mornings or before I go to sleep. I charge it in a separate room. I try not to go on TikTok and Instagram until after a certain time during the day, depending on the day. And just trying to be as mindful as I can of how much time I'm spending online. And even then, it's not a perfect system. Like I'll find myself on a Saturday scrolling through TikTok or like making back-to-back videos. But yeah, I can't imagine waking up in the morning and looking at my phone first thing because I've gone so long without doing it. And thank God. Obviously, you know, every now and then I need an alarm. Every now and then there's something I need to attend to. Recently, I've been working on just blocking out my time because I work from home and freelance. I have personal projects, but I also have client projects. So I read this book called Deep Work, which I'll link in the description. And I'm going to do another episode, I think, on some of the things I've learned from the book and that aren't necessarily even related to the book. Tangent. Anyway, deep work. So I want to be able to schedule my time so that I'm getting the most out of my brain capacity each day. So we'll see how that goes. So far, it's been good. And especially for me, because I'm a little bit all over the place and I find myself resenting routine, but I don't know, the book just gave me a new perspective on being able to be flexible, but also have discipline. So I think for the last... For 2020, I was mostly working on morning routine, ritual, trying to have a regular meditation practice, getting into journaling, making sure that I'm getting physical exercise in each week, just those sorts of things. And then working on social media, 
discipline, social media hygiene, digital hygiene. And then I think now I need to get into scheduling my time properly so that I'm not just like floating around. Like honestly, sometimes it's Tuesday and then it's Friday. I don't know what happened in between. Somehow things get done, but not in a way that allows me to actually properly see if I'm making progress or not or where my time goes. So that's what I'm working on at the moment. And hopefully I can make more progress on that next year. But yeah, I think just finding ways to reclaim our time and sit with ourselves is so important. And because there's more and more and more distractions that are being created thanks to technology and late stage capitalism, we are living in the attention economy. So your attention is the most valuable thing on the market. Also your data slash data. So that's why I really appreciate when people listen to the podcast. There are simply so many podcasts that you could be listening to, but you choose to listen to mine. So thank you so much. But yeah, I think just having boundaries, being intentional with what you consume in terms of media and just when you have the time off from it, it means that you can create a bit of distance and you can watch things with a slightly more objective eye and then you can decide you know, what does and doesn't resonate with you? How is it contributing to your ideas? Like there's no way that everything you see, you can agree with a hundred percent, you know, and it's good if you don't, because it means that you probably are able to recognize the difference between your experience and your perspective and somebody else's. And you can figure out what does and doesn't apply. And then figure out what you're going to do instead of thinking that you have to do everything exactly the way that someone you look up to or someone you follow does things just learn from them and see how they can apply see how what they do can apply to your life that's kind of the approach that I try to take so I was thinking about how I literally look at social media as if it's reading fiction so many people are just straight up lying (laughs) Like it's unbelievable how many people will just fabricate their lives on the internet. And I don't want to make a value judgment on whether that's right or wrong, because I think lying is part of human nature. (laughs) And I think lying is a form of creativity when you really think about it, but it doesn't mean that we have to believe every single thing that we see online. Healthy skepticism is essential. And I don't know why it is that for some reason people suddenly need every person they follow to echo their values exactly in order for them to be able to justify following them or they need people to be as unproblematic as possible in order to consume media or to entertain their opinion but I think We don't live in an unproblematic society and we never have. So I think the key is to recognize the things that are quote unquote problematic. And if you do feel triggered, understanding your trigger and recognizing that people are the way they are for a reason. And it doesn't mean that the impact of what they do is irrelevant, but it means that we need to figure out how we are impacted 
it's different when you're a kid and you're highly impressionable and adults have a responsibility to make sure that you're kept safe and that's not going to be a perfect system either and children need to be taught how they can communicate in healthy ways, how they can be respectful to each other and they need to be held accountable. But when you become an adult, even if you have trauma from those experiences when you're younger, you need to learn how to reparent yourself. You need to learn how to not allow past experiences define the way that you see yourself. You need to learn to develop an awareness of the standards and expectations that you've internalized just from being alive as everybody does learn to distinguish between what people expect of you and what you actually want for yourself. And that's not an easy thing to do. Definitely something that I've always struggled with because I'm a recovering people pleaser, but like my life is better for it because I'm always trying to figure out what I can do to work towards my best self or embody my best self or what I can do to be my most authentic self and not take what other people think personally. Like, what's the point? It's my life. It's your life. They don't need to be the same. What you do doesn't have to impact me if it doesn't involve me and vice versa. So it's been really interesting to see how those sorts of attitudes have manifested in online. And I think especially over the pandemic, a lot of people are just under a lot of pressure or extremely depressed, anxious, and they don't necessarily have the words or the resources or the tools to express the way that they feel. And it manifests in the most insane behavior or the most unhinged online culture. So that's why grounding exercises are really important because the only, I think, um, solution is being able to create distance between yourself and the media that you consume and social media and this kind of hyper connectedness that we live in. It doesn't mean that you have to throw the baby out with the bathwater and, oh, social media can have a negative impact. Therefore, I'm just going to delete all social media. doesn't have to be that way at all. These tools and platforms are engineered in a way to make them addictive. And the only way that, and, and, their end goal is to get as much data, get as much money from advertisers as possible. We can make a value judgment on that. We don't have to. It's just how things are. But knowing what we know about how these things are designed, what their aims are, we can then figure out how we're going to let it impact us, right? Like I know for a fact that TikTok and Instagram are designed to be highly addictive and there's nothing that's going to make that untrue as long as that's how they're being designed and we're all just people who still have that little rat brain part of our minds that feed off the drama feed off you know our emotional response and just being aware of that and then knowing when to put the phone down knowing when you need to log off knowing when you can manage your time so that You can enjoy social media without having to be connected all the time. I talked a lot about social media and I will continue to talk about it a lot because I think even though people have an awareness of how it can impact other people, we always think we're the exception. Like, oh, I'm not addicted. Everybody else is, but not me. We're all fucking addicted, I think. (laughs) And that's okay, but we can manage it. And then hopefully enough people being intentional about how they use social media and 
speaking about how it's important that these companies like restructure or that the whole fucking industry restructures maybe things will change we will see but better to put in a little bit of effort and protect your time and your energy and your brain capacity and your psyche than not in my opinion because the more addicted you become and the less boundaries you have in the short term the more shit you'll have to deal with in the long term when you start setting boundaries it can feel really overwhelming and you can be like, what's the point of this? What's the point of this? Is my, are my problem solved? Am I problem solved? But it's a practice. You have to constantly be aware of your feelings, how you're interacting with other people, how you're communicating with them, how you communicate with yourself, and just adjusting your boundaries according to whatever your goals are or how you're feeling. This is going to be constantly shifting throughout your life. And just being able to embrace that is important. So you're not applying a boundary that you only needed like two years ago and now it's no longer applicable. But yeah, when you first start setting boundaries, it can be really overwhelming. You're like, oh my God, this is taking so much effort. Like um, it's so uncomfortable. It can be like really hard to set boundaries, especially in relationships with people that you otherwise care about, but recognize that, you know, you're not really compatible anymore. It's not really working there's this lack of friendly mutual respect whatever whatever it can be really hard it can be very painful very emotional but prioritizing your own needs can feel so unfamiliar when we're so used to prioritizing other people over ourselves and you just need to baby steps honey baby steps keep journaling keep meditating and you'll get there because I got there and honestly, I, I just didn't even know if it was possible, but I just kept telling myself, I always tell myself that even in the depths of my despair and my depression, when it gets really bad, I've always tried to remind myself that I was not born to have a bad time. Yes, challenges will arise. The bullshit is inescapable, but I was not born to have a bad time. You know, you can learn to embrace the discomfort that comes in service of your personal growth and literally like develop an ick towards the discomfort that requires you to minimize your wants and needs for somebody else. Because I got to a point where I realized like, why do I have to care about other people's problems more than they do? I'm not living their life. As much as I care about them, like it's not my responsibility because I don't expect anybody else to make decisions for me. I don't expect anybody else to save me or to help me when I need to make a tough decision. I would love if somebody could come along and just give me all the answers. There are definitely moments where I'm like, oh my God, somebody just tell me what to do. There's been so many moments like that. But in all of those moments, I learned that I could die waiting. I could die waiting for an answer and I just had to make a choice figure it out, make mistakes, embrace that those mistakes are going to happen and learn from them. The least we can do is learn from our experiences. No matter how fucked up they are, we can learn something. And that's kind of the approach that I try to take. And I always try to remind myself of that whenever I catch myself being a little brat. (laughs) So everything has to do with mindset at the end of the day, because You can't will the world to your desires. Some things, a lot of things you just can't control. 
But when you focus in on what you can control, it is so freeing because you literally don't have the energy to give a shit about anything else. Like when I'm focused on making sure that I am being consistent with my morning ritual, making sure that I have healthy habits, maintaining the friendships that I truly care about and not entertaining bullshit just because I'm bored like all the time, every now and then. It's all right. (laughs) And trying to make sure that I'm enjoying my life in spite of whatever bullshit I'm dealing with. I just don't have the energy left to give a shit about someone who wants to emotionally dump their problems on me. I don't have the time to care or entertain attention that is just like so low effort, especially from boys. (laughs) It's so freeing and it's taken a long time for me to get there. I'm going to be honest. I would be the last person to say there is such thing as an overnight transformation. There just isn't. So I'm just reminding you to take it one step at a time, honey. You don't need to have everything at once all the time. Everything is in constant flux. You will be able to have and experience everything, but but just maybe in stages. There's a season for everything and knowing what you want and being intentional with your action so that you feel centered without being motivated by insecurity or fear, I think helps a lot because sometimes we get confused and we think that like, at least for me, oh, I need to be ambitious and I need to be hungry and I need to be fighting for things. And like my anxiety is going to show and prove my dedication to whatever I'm fighting for. But like, there's always a point where you're putting in more energy than is required for something. Sometimes you actually just need to let go, step back and allow the opportunity to come to you. Allow the person to reply to you in due time and figure it out from there. Because the more you think about it, the more anxiety that you allow to accumulate over something that you can't control, the less energy you have for everything else. So that's why when you're truly focused on what you can control, all the other shit, you're just like, okay, I'll deal with it. We'll cross that bridge when it get when we get there. And I think that's really freeing. It takes a lot of effort, especially because there are so many distractions that we can just get caught up in. We can literally just have our time sucked out of our eyeballs by watching shit on the internet, whatever, whatever. Entertaining low effort attention. But it's like a muscle, you know, slowly, slowly. The more you do it, the more consistent you are the more natural it feels, right? So that's something, that's the energy I want to take into 2022 because I really feel like I can, I have a foundation to properly build off now. I feel like before it was like I was just kind of DIYing and like scrapping things together and trying to make things work or pushing through and then shit, goes wrong in one area so I have to do damage control elsewhere but now I feel like I have a more stable and solid foundation it's not perfect but it's better than anything else I've had before so I'm grateful to have had the privilege of time to be able to work on that and I think that even if your situation is different to mine it's about working with what you have so okay assess the hours that you spend, you know, maybe at school or at work with your friends, with your family, any responsibilities you have, how much time do you spend on the 
on social media. It doesn't have to be like clear, but just developing an awareness around it so that you can see how you can maybe fit in some time in the morning to do a meditation or go for a short walk or make sure that you're eating enough food or eating enough fruits and vegetables so that or drinking enough water making sure you get enough sleep like all of those things really accumulate over time and are what create the foundation you know like when I was DJing a lot I didn't have the ability to sleep the amount that I needed to and it really took a toll on my health over time and I don't regret that experience because it's what taught me how important sleep is but I don't need to be still sleeping at 3 a.m. and waking up at 2 p.m. if I don't live that life anymore and if I do really want to look after my health. Little things accumulate. Small efforts that are in service of your personal growth are always going to accumulate and you're not necessarily going to be able to quantify the benefit that it will have on your life, but I can almost guarantee you that the benefit will be there. And I'm going to remind you of the book, Atomic Habits. I'm going to link it in the description, but he talks about how compounding 1% of growth becomes like whatever the number is exponential and losing 1% each day over a year, you'll go down to almost zero. So I always try to allow myself to rest as well. So we can be neutral for a day rather than feeling like, Oh my God, I'm going into a downward spiral. And even if, you know, you teeter on the verge having those grounding practices will mean that it's much easier to get out of it. You know, like the bullshit is always there. Only our ability to manage it and deal with it (laughs) gets better. So that's what we can control. And yeah, I want to take that energy into next year because it's been so hard for me to actually schedule my time and I kept blaming myself for it because I was like I have technically I have so much time why am I not getting anything done but I mean even my therapist was like it's really hard to manage your time like that if anything people who are busier have an easier time scheduling their week etc which I definitely found when I had more like specific places to be and things to do so it's actually taken me so long to figure that out like almost two years (laughs) finally I'm on the right path and it's something I've always struggled with so we'll see who knows maybe I'll be back at square one in no time but let's all pray for me (laughs) yeah grounding exercises learning to better manage my time having time where I'm able to be focused and then time where I'm freely distracted what else did I learn in 2021 I guess this year I was able to be more consistent with therapy I started last year 2020 around maybe June and then I had a few sessions with one therapist and she was good but She changed jobs at the end of the year, I think, and then I switched to another one. Even if she hadn't changed jobs, I probably would have wanted to change therapists anyway because everyone's approach is going to be slightly different. Different therapists are trained in different like modalities or something. And the first therapist I had worked really well for what I was going through at the time, but I definitely wanted to try like a different approach. So if you ever do look into therapy, I think it's really important to recognize when 
you aren't really like getting the support that you need from the person that you're seeing. A good therapist will tell you that they don't take it personally if you at any stage want to change therapists because it's important that you are getting the most out of each session, especially because therapy is expensive. So in Australia, if you are on Medicare, you can get like 10 sessions bulk build, I think, or you can get a rebate. They have a mental health plan in Australia. And then also you can get 10 extra sessions because of COVID. So I'll just touch on my thoughts from my experience with therapy because I think um, like my idea of what it would provide or how I would go about it was pretty different to how (laughs) it actually ended up being. So maybe this will debunk some things for people listening, but I think I was in such a horrendous state when I decided to start seeing a therapist. I really needed help and I'm very grateful I was able to get it. And a part of me was like, okay, the therapist is just going to tell me what I need to do. Like almost like a life coach, but a life coach's role is actually very different to a therapist. And I would be like looking for an answer, hoping for an answer. And they would say, well, how do you feel? Like, oh, I don't know. So that was intense. But obviously they guide you and they can explain things to you. But at the end of the day, the whole point is to become more connected with yourself with your authentic voice and making decisions and taking responsibility for the consequences. That's what so much of therapy is being able to also contextualize and understand the impact of certain experiences and traumas that you've had. So I think like your friends and family can only do so much for you in terms of processing those things. They can only be there to support you, but there's not much they can say that can like, genuinely facilitate you moving forward I think just something about the nature of those relationships makes it quite difficult to do that not a value judgment on friendships or family relationships I just think it's a reality and it's much healthier to see somebody who is like impartial or more objective and a professional that can really see what you're missing any blind spots you might have and then help you work through them so that they're not in the driver's seat of your life you know having an open mind is really important because they're going to tell you things that you might not be ready to hear and for me it's like the more open-minded you are and the more willing you are to just be curious about someone's like third-party perspective the sooner you'll be able to make progress, I think, because I can see for some people, like they're not ready to actually confront certain parts of themselves or their past, which I understand, but it just means that you're wasting money when you go to therapy. Like I was very intentional about what I wanted to achieve in therapy. And I would tell my therapist when they asked me and we made sure that we were working towards those things just saying that you want to feel more confident, you want to feel empowered, you want to trust yourself and your decision making. And for me, a big thing was not plugging into other people's problems when it served like literally no purpose. People will make you think that you need to listen to their problems and you need to help them, even though there's nothing you can do, even though they're not doing anything about it themselves. Like, why do I need to care about other people's problems more than they care about them? It doesn't make any sense. 
that I've been able to make a lot of progress on and just having healthy boundaries, healthy boundaries that I actually enforce and I don't just think about because you can easily have an awareness of the type of boundaries you'd like to have. But when push comes to shove and you're in a precarious position with somebody, you need to actually act on your boundaries. And that's the hardest thing because it's more about your behavior than it is about what you say or communicate to somebody. So that's been huge for me as well. Also, I don't see a therapist weekly. If anything, it was like once a month, every month and a half. And to get the most out of my sessions, I really felt like reading different self-help or psychology books or watching psychology content and doing a lot of self-reflection meant that I was able to get the most out of my sessions instead of waiting for every visit to cram everything into like 50 minutes. Cause sometimes you go in wanting to talk about something, but then you go on a tangent, you talk about something else. So I found it was actually more efficient for me to go once a month, every month and a half in the time in between to really like focus on have an intention for what I would be trying to achieve for the next month or what I'd be trying to keep in mind. I didn't always take that approach. Sometimes I would just like vibe it out and see what happens. And then through the reflections and through journaling thought dumps, I was able to just kind of move through the things that didn't really matter, let go of those things. And then if I really had something I wanted to address, I would know exactly what it is and I would bring it up with my therapist and we would discuss it. So I think that's a more economical way of going about it. I mean, I know some people that go to therapy every week or more than once a week even. And obviously it's important to do whatever is best for you, whatever your needs require. But I think, you know, if you're strapped for cash, there's no reason why you should feel under pressure to go every single week. Because at the end of the day, the whole point is for you to become more connected with yourself so that you don't have to see a therapist, so that you can self-regulate, so that you can trust yourself. And I think sometimes if we have access to somebody that we feel that we can just kind of wait to give us certain answers, then you aren't developing that muscle as much as you could be. So that's definitely something to keep in mind, I think. And yeah, to be able to see a therapist is a huge privilege and it's definitely not a overnight transformation and it's definitely not like something that's going to cure all the problems in the world. But I think it's good to be able to grow up in a time where therapy is more normalized and the way that health professionals see and treat mental illness is changing a lot and becoming more holistic so yeah therapy is great has been great for me at least important to have an open mind and definitely try to go in with an intention so if you really want to be like switching it up you know I think some people just go to therapy to have somebody to talk to which is completely fair enough but for me I was like no I actually like need help (laughs) so lucky for me. And I also appreciated that my therapist wasn't, for some reason, I thought I would have to be like a good person. Like my therapist would be telling me how to make like good decisions. But at the end of the day, it's like, how do you make decisions that are right for you? Because when you're listening to like people talk about spirituality and stuff, and I definitely consider myself a spiritual person, but I think especially when 
people from the West kind of co-opt spirituality. They make it seem like you need to be this Zen master, unbothered by everything and just let things pass and kumbaya. No, (laughs) because that doesn't help you deal with like the real world. And there's a lot of fucked up people, a lot of scammers, a lot of liars out there. And you need to know how to connect with yourself and your intuition so that you can protect yourself. You can't assume that everybody has your best interests at heart because most people have their best interests at heart and getting their needs met, getting their unmet needs met from external sources instead of learning how to do it themselves. I see it so much now. It stresses me out really stresses me out in every single industry, every single corner. Like there is no identity, no job, no nothing that protects anybody from the fuckery or the clownery. There's no clownery immunity pill. (laughs) There's no clownery immunity job, gender, identity, race, nothing. At the end of the day, we're all humans. We all live in a hashtag society And we need to act accordingly instead of pretending that there's some utopian like fantasy that we're working towards or that exists. I just don't think that it does. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. But any effort that you expend or that you exert against this force that pulls us into unconsciousness is going to be contributing to a slightly better future at least for you personally and that's the goal no you'll bring a lot of people along with you when you focus on yourself because the people that you know you don't vibe with anymore you'll naturally become distant from them and you'll find people that you really do connect with but it takes letting go of the things that don't make you happy it's as simple as that you know like if you're spending time with somebody you don't feel respected, you don't feel heard, you don't feel seen, especially when you feel like you're putting in the effort with them, you're allowed to distance yourself and go and find somebody who actually is going to value your time. Like there's nothing that pisses me off more than people who are just willy nilly with their schedule. Like after your mid to late twenties, you cannot be out here like fumbling the bag all the time and fucking people around. Like it's important to take responsibility for your time and to respect the time of the people that you care about, right? Obviously everybody makes mistakes, but you need to take responsibility for it too. And I've just had to accept that it's hard for me to be friends with people that do that. And there's no reason why I need to be because I have so many friends that actually do honor it. And I'm transparent with my friends when I've committed to doing something and realized that I'm not able to follow through. But it's the people that don't even communicate that that really piss me off. That's something that I learned about myself in 2021. That shit pissed me off. What else? Oh, healing. Is definitely not linear by any means and the point is to just embrace the process bit by bit honey you'll be okay sometimes it's one step forward two steps back three steps forward one step back five steps forward two steps back that's just how it is imagine your life as like more of a spiral swirl that goes up or down or around and around when you make the same mistake over and over you're going around in circles but you break the pattern and you can go up a level or down a level because I've also been learning about like quantum physics and the idea that we live 
in a 3D. We can perceive the 3D, which means that to perceive us is the 4D. So that made me think about how like all these graphs that are 2D are 2D representations of 3D. Anyway, it's all it's all a lot for me. I'm still trying to get my head around it. 2022 goals to start understanding quantum physics more. But yeah, healing is definitely not linear. And I think we get frustrated because we think, I've been putting in so much effort and I'm not seeing any return. Sometimes you just need to put in the effort and then let go and then let it return to you. You know, everything is like transactional, but it's not one for one. Just because you give something to somebody doesn't mean you need to expect anything from them in return. You're giving to the universe and something good will return to you later. But it's also important to have boundaries, you know, know when you're giving within your capacity and not giving in a way that limits your capacity or means that you don't have what you need for yourself. That's something else I've learned. Uh, what else? So many things. I have another note here. Getting to know people just takes time. I really learned that over 2020, 2021. I feel like there's so many ways that connections can be expedited or seemingly expedited because of social media. And we can just get caught up in it and think that we know someone that we've only really spent time with a few times or not even spent time with at all ever thinking that we know each other so well, et cetera, et cetera. But like you just don't. And that's okay. It doesn't mean you're a good or a bad person. They're a good or a bad person. It's just like, give yourself a space to either just appreciate the parts of somebody that you know, or appreciate the parts of somebody that you know, and be open-minded about what else there is for you to discover about each other. It takes time and it takes consistent contact and exposure to each other to really know somebody and especially to see somebody through crisis. When you're stressed out, when the stakes are high, that's when people's true character is shown. Even if they're able to hide it for a year, two years, five years, it will always come to the surface. And for some people, it doesn't take very long to get a pretty clear picture of just like you know, their personality. Other people, they might have a very pretty social mask. They know exactly what to say. Everything's image curated, but then, you know, something will change and their real, their true colors will show through. And you're not going to be able to know that with every single person that you meet, every person you see online. It's just not how things work. But remembering that, like, connection and connecting with people is like a process of discovery you're discovering them they're discovering you you're discovering how you fit into each other's lives you're also discovering more about yourself as you connect with other people because it's like a mirror sometimes so when you can kind of have it more open-ended then if you are being disrespected, you're not going to be like oh but they're not the way that they were when I first met them a lot of people can't maintain that they don't even realize that they have a social mask and they have their true self behind it or their shadow self. And then you can also appreciate when things are really great as well. You're like, wow, we've known each other for this long. That was such a great experience, blah, blah, blah. Keep an open mind always because that means that you can zoom out, see things as they are, and then make more intentional decisions. Okay, I'm going to leave it there for today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a little bit of a ramble, wasn't it? 
but I really appreciate all the support and people that reach out to me and let me know how the podcast is going for them, the episodes they're listening to, and I hope everyone has a happy holiday season and that you all get some rest and some quality time with the people you love and care about, or at least, you know, the ability to connect with them. And yeah, let's get it. 2022 is just around the corner. And um, yeah, let me know thoughts and feelings, suggestions. I'd love to hear it. Very grateful feeling good, feeling, feeling, I don't know, centered. Um, but you know, any seconds I'll like have a mental breakdown and then be fine again. That's just life. You know, (laughs) I hope that we can grow the podcast, grow friend crush more next year. Thank you. Thank you. Make sure you drink enough water, stay hydrated, tell your friends and family that you love them and go be a better person. Love you. Bye.